Welcome again to our Sunday broadcast here at All Nations Church Bedford. Wherever you've joined us from today, we are so, so pleased that you are with us. As we always say this, do say hi to us on the online chat. Even now, why don't you kind of give us um, an acknowledgement that you're there? We'd love to connect with you. October the 1st saw the beginning of Black History Month. It's a deliberate opportunity set in place to remember, celebrate, and learn from the many great achievements of black men and women, both young and old, throughout history. And in particular, in nations like the United States and our own nation, the United Kingdom. It's sadly true that history is often written from the place of privilege. Those who have power get to record things from their perspective. And if you're not in that place, you are often forgotten or even worse, deliberately written out of the records. And that has happened to men and women of color, even in our nation. And I am so sad and so sorry about that. This month is a small step to help bring awareness and recognition of the forgotten heroines and heroes of color. This week, I read about a young black preacher called Samuel Sharp. He led a revolt for justice in Jamaica to bring freedom and rights to those in slavery. He was tragically hanged on the 23rd of May, 1832 in Montego Bay by the British authorities. Among his final words were these, I would rather die upon yonder gallows than live in slavery. You probably, like me until this week, have never heard of him. But his actions and this event played a massive part in the parliamentary deliberations that led to the Slavery Abolition Act in 1833. We all know and remember William Wilberforce. Let's also remember Sam Sharp, a black preacher who also played his part in bringing reform and change. I shared earlier in the summer when responding to the tragic death of George Floyd that one of the things that we all need to do to be part of the solution of change and reform is to be informed and educated. Let me encourage us all to let this month provoke us again to do that. I just want us to pause for a minute. I want us to pray where we are for Jesus to help us bring racial healing and justice to our communities and to our nation. So why don't you stand where you are? We're gonna have about a minute to do that and then we'll continue with the preach.
Well, welcome back, everybody. Today, we continue our series, journeying through the book of Exodus, where we see God freeing his people from slavery and oppression and calling them and shaping them to be his lights to the whole world. Today, we're focusing a little upon Moses, perhaps the greatest leader found in the Old Testament. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34, it says of Moses, since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Isn't that incredible? What an epitaph. What an amazing servant of God. And on one level, we could be totally blown away by his achievements and his great faith. Someone perhaps to admire, but hardly someone we could identify with and emulate. He just seems so great, doesn't he? But, you know, this is why I love the Bible. I hope you love the Bible. We're, we're, we're a church that loves the Bible. The reason I love it is that it, it's a book that shows real people, not just Instagram profile pictures, airbrushed superheroes who seem to live in a world different to our own. No, we see people revealed not just in their successes, but also in their faults and their failings. We get them warts and all. And what makes them great is not ultimately their greatness. It is God's greatness at work in and through them. And that is so true in the life of Moses. And my friends, God wants that to be true for us. His greatness and power working in and through the ordinariness of our lives to accomplish extraordinary things in his purposes. This is for all of us. This is for you listening in right now. This is about him breaking in. He wants to let his people go, to stand in their destiny and in their calling. And what we see as we look through Exodus is how God oversees the circumstances of our lives such that they become part of his making and molding of us as his sons and daughters. Of course, if we let that happen, he doesn't overrule our dignity and our, our free will. But it was certainly true for Moses how the circumstances were overseen by God. Born to a lowly family, Yet, he became a royal baby, in spite of the death sentence that Pharaoh had declared on Hebrew babies in Egypt. You see, baby boys were thrown into the Nile to be drowned or eaten by the crocodiles. How horrendous is that? Moses was released by his mother into the Nile in a basket. He was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, who took him as her own naming him Moses. The irony, the same family that declared death to Hebrew boys, now protected, nurtured and supported this beautiful Hebrew boy 
under the sovereign watch of God. And we read in the Bible that Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. You see, this was a man heading for the top. If you've ever seen the Prince of Egypt, you'll see what, a, what an amazing character he was. We can see God's deliverer coming to his place as the leader of his people. And then we read, at the age of 40, or as Exodus puts it, and I love this, after Moses had grown up, I think that's brilliant. You only grow up when you get to 40, apparently. He went out to his own people. You see, in spite of being raised as an Egyptian, he knew he was a Hebrew. He knew he was to identify with the slaves in Egypt. Do you know, there's something inside all of us that really knows that there's more about our identity to be understood. We know that there's, there's a greater level for us to, to step into. God wants to reveal our identity to us. But you know, Moses must have sensed that he had to free the people that he suddenly found drawn to from their slavery. He must even have sent something of God's purpose for him in the midst of that. But you know, this is where it all goes wrong. You see, he sees an Egyptian beating one of the Hebrew slaves, one of his own people, and it stirred anger and a sense of injustice inside of him. I guess we've all been there, haven't we? But instead of waiting for God, instead of seeking his ways, he steps in with his own solution and he kills the Egyptian and hides him in the sand. And you know, in that moment, everything changes. The next day, he fully realizes the true extent of his actions because seeing two other Hebrew slaves fighting one another, one beating the other, he seeks to intervene and, and unite them as brothers. You know, guys, we have to stick together, not fight one another. He's thinking he's just, you know, the rescuer coming in there. But to his horror, the reply is, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? And he suddenly realizes the danger he's in. He's committed murder and treason. And Pharaoh, his adopted grandfather, is going to kill him. So he runs away to the desert of Midian. And you see, in a moment, it's all over. I don't know whether you feel a little bit like that, that there's been that moment and it's suddenly changed everything and it, it feels like it's all over. You see, this prince of Egypt is relegated to a scared fugitive hiding in the backside of beyond. Even worse, he ends up being a hired shepherd. They're not even his own sheep. And by the way, Egyptians really hate shepherds. Don't know why, but they do. God is gracious to him. He finds a wife. He has a couple of children. But the dreams and plans of ruling in Egypt, even the plans of leading the Hebrews out of slavery, seem to be totally finished. He's moved from hero to zero. And he is here for 40 years. 40 years of nothingness. Raised a prince, but now a shepherd. What about you? What about you? Maybe you had dreams. Maybe you had ambitions and you thought you knew the plans God had for you. But somehow now it's gone all wrong 
Maybe you messed up. Maybe somebody messed you up. Maybe you hoped for so much more, but it's all faded into a dead-end life with little joy and lots of disappointment. Maybe you hoped for the right person to complete your life. Maybe you wanted to serve God in amazing ways. You anticipated going to the nations, but now you've got sick. You've got stuck. You've got hurt. And it feels it's all over. My friends, I want this story of Moses to bless your socks off right now. Because God loves to step into our failures and redeem our lives. He wants to step into our mess and use it for his glory and our blessing. For Moses, that happened in the wilderness of the Midian Desert. And this might be an Old Testament account. It happened a long time ago. But in the New Testament, we see the new deliverer of God's people, Jesus Christ, his son, taking the ultimate failure and sin of the world. When on a cross outside Jerusalem, he paid the price for all our failings, all our rebellion, all our sins, all our missed opportunities and releasing from his victory a fountain of grace and forgiveness that gives us hope and a future. And guess what? The power to go again. He's the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. Hallelujah. And whatever chance you think you need right now, he's there for you because he's the God who releases blessing even in the darkest and deepest circumstances that we find ourselves in. We're just going to pause for a moment right now to read God's word. We're going to read from Exodus 3, verses 1 to 14, and we'll just listen to those words, and then we'll come back and learn some more from this passage. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. 
So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me what is your, his name, then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Wow, what amazing words. The most powerful revelation of God's name in the Old Testament. I am who I am. Yahweh. You see, God breaks into the mundane humdrum of life. Moses had been in the desert 40 years doing the same thing, looking after the same sheep of his father-in-law, learning about being a husband and a dad, day in, day out. Then one day, aged 80, just want you to note that, 80, he's leading the flock to the far side of the desert and something catches his eye, a bush that's burning. Now, you know, on one level, this is nothing out of the ordinary. In this part of the world, bushes catch fire all the time, mostly because of lightning strikes, and they just burn themselves out as quickly as they started. But this didn't. It kept burning. And it's this that caught the 80-year-old Moses' eye. Now, what we read, or what we read, was that Moses went over to see. But you know, the Hebrew actually means he turned aside to see. Moses turned aside. And my friends, I just want us to get this. That's key to God breaking into our world. It was key to God breaking into Moses' world. Moses turned aside from his usual pattern. He went and looked at this strange sight. And just notice in verse four, if you've got your Bible, just have a look there. It says, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Wow. I'm just struck by this curiosity that Moses had. I, I want to say to us, please don't lose your curiosity. It's a message to myself as well. Don't stop looking. Don't stop turning aside. I'm, I'm a, a doting granddad, as many of you know. We've got a beautiful grandson called Micah, but he's at this fascinating age where he just loves looking into things. You know, he's curious. Everything is an adventure. Everything is exciting. And I just am so struck by that. I'm, I'm, I want to be like that. I want to say to us all, don't dismiss the unusual as unimportant. I believe the Lord is calling to us all the time. He's always speaking and he's longing to break into our circumstances. I want to say to us all, turn aside. Turn aside and listen for his voice. 
You see, it's not just about the steps of the Lord that we need to follow. It's the stops of the Lord that also count. That's why we need times out of the ordinary. I don't know about you, but life at the moment is just hard just to get any sense of routine together. Maybe you've done that better than I have, but I know in the midst of the business, it's just easy to keep going, keep going, keep going. There are moments every day that the Lord wants us to turn aside and just listen for his voice. Last, last week, we had the amazing privilege of a, a week of prayer. We need times like that where we can turn aside from the ordinary to give us space to listen to God's voice. What's he saying to you? Turn aside. Get caught up by what's going on around you. And God called Moses by name. I love that. I love the fact that this isn't an impersonal God. He's calling your name and my name. I, I love the fact that back in 1983, when I was just 18 years old, I heard God in the very depths of my being call my name. And I knew it was the Lord. And what we find with Moses is that when Lord, the Lord speaks to him, Moses answers with, I'm here, it's me. Look, we need to tell the Lord that we're here. We need to give ourselves to him and say, look, I'm here. I don't know whether you would have come up with a better phrase if God speaks to you, but I'm here sounds fine to me. It's me. The Lord in that moment just pulls Moses into the center of his purposes. And the Lord tells Moses not to come any closer, but to take off his shoes because he's standing on holy ground. I don't know whether you've ever thought about that. That's amazing, isn't it? That suddenly that place becomes holy. This is actually the first place in the Bible that the word holy is used. And it usually means something that is set apart for special use. When talking of God, it refers to the fact that he's utterly separated and perfect in his nature to anything and anyone else. He is like no other. He is pure and righteous and glorious in every way. What an amazing God. That's the God of the Bible, but it's the God who breaks in now. And suddenly Moses is aware that God is present. He takes his shoes off, not because his sandals are dirty, because his feet would have been too, but because he was now separating himself from the ordinary to follow the Lord. There are moments when we have to do that, to separate ourselves so that we are ready and available to God. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe even now you might want to take your shoes off and just say, okay, this is a holy moment. I'm standing on holy ground, not because it's holy, but because God's here and it's holy. And you know, despite 40 years of apparent silence, Moses now took notice of God speaking. He wasn't cynical. He wasn't dismissive. Some of you have become that. I just, want to, I just want to gently challenge you. Come on, you need to repent of that. That's not a good place to be. Cynicism just destroys. Moses listened and acknowledged that he was in the presence of a holy God. And you know, that's the beauty of who God is. It's his presence with us that makes even the most ordinary and mundane things holy and life-changing. He can take the most broken, battered situations and, and somehow his presence comes into them. And you know what? They become moments for his glory and breakthrough. God with us 
transforms our circumstances from ordinary to extraordinary and a place where his power and purposes can break in. He wants to change your world, guys. He does. But you need to take off your sandals and let him speak. And that can happen in your home, where you are right now, happen when you're at school, the workplace, the supermarket. He specializes in breaking in and making humdrum holy. Do you know some of my most holy moments happen in supermarkets? <laughs> Not because supermarkets are holy, but because God is. And he breaks in. You see, people who follow the living God, who follow Jesus Christ, that's what Christians are, are a people of the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, counsellor and guide. But he also brings the power of Jesus into our lives to transform them and to transform us to be those that impact the world around us. And that's what happened to Moses. Just coming into land now. Just thought I'd let you know that. You see, when he calls us, he always calls us for others as well. When God has Moses' attention, he reveals who he is. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hides his face because he was afraid to look at God. He's blown away in whose presence he stands. But then God reveals his heart. What an amazing heart is revealed by our God. A heart for his people. And in this passage, there's just loads of verbs showing the personal and intimate concern of God for those in slavery. I've seen their misery. I've, I've heard their crying. I'm concerned at their suffering. I've come down to rescue them. Guys, our God is a compassionate God. He hears our cry. He knows our pain. He's concerned to rescue. And I just want to say to you, wherever you are right now, you might be in that place. He hears. He, he knows. He's coming to rescue you. But here comes the shock. So God shares how he's seen all that's going on. And I guess Moses is thinking, okay, so God is going to go and sort it all out. And then he says, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Wow. God is concerned to turn our failings around and bring us again into a place of fruitfulness. But it will always be in the place of going to others to bring God's deliverance and rescue to them. Moses finds freedom as he goes to bring freedom to others. Wow, that's an amazing truth. And it's not Moses that does it alone. It is God's presence with him that means he will be able to do it. He will be like the bush that burned but was not consumed. As Moses gives himself to God's call, he set alight with God's power. He will burn for God, but not burn out. He will keep a light and always have something to give away. 
Do you know that's a precious promise for some of us right now? Because we sometimes think, I haven't got any more to give. Haven't got any more to offer. But with God, you will always have something to give away if you let his power and presence fill your life. Before Moses tried to do it in his own way, and he was burnt out at once. But now as he follows God's instructions and does it God's way, he will find he will burn with God's power and he will find deliverance coming to him and to others. And you know, the good news is our God wants to do the same with us. But it means this, and this is the response. We have to say yes to God. Moses got there eventually. You can read the rest of chapter three and four. There were many objections that Moses raised. His inadequacy and insecurity. Who am I? Who am I to do this, God? But God promised to be with him. He raised his lack of understanding of who God is and God gave him the most amazing revelation of who he is. Until Jesus came, this was the high point of revelation of who God is. I am who I am. The God who exists, the God who is powerful. I am with you. As he raised his fear of others and what they might do to him, how they might reject him, God gave him miracles, wonders, signs to do, amazing things. And of course, when Moses raised his lack of gifting, which was, of course was just a big smokescreen because he was really gifted, God promised to equip him and even gave him his brother to be a support to him. God was patient and kind with him. God bore with his weakness. God gently and powerfully gave him all the equipping he needed. And it was only when Moses refused to go, which is sometimes where we get to, that God's anger burns against him. Do you know, when God has set his heart on you, no one else will do. Don't, don't stir up that side of God when you know that he's calling you. And we all need to say yes to God. Let's not drag our heels. Let's be open to all he says. I just want to invite you right now to stand if you can, because we're going to have a moment where we're going to respond. You see, right now, I, I really believe that God is calling you. As he's calling us to be a people, yes, in the midst of what seems to be a, a, a place of restriction, actually to be a people who will bring his freedom. And he's declaring over us, go. And right now, he's longing for you to turn aside to him. And I just want to give us some moments to do that. Just turn to Jesus and say, I'm here. I'm here, it's me. It's me, Lord, I'm here. I'm here with everything that I am. You know, I'm not hidden from you. And he wants you to know right now the filling presence, the I am who I am coming to you. We have a greater revelation because we have Jesus Christ as the ultimate word that became flesh and lives in us through the Holy Spirit. I just want you to put your hand in his right now and let him deliver you so that you too can go 
and be his deliverer to others, even this week. Maybe some of you need to go to a neighbour or pray for a relative or meet somebody in the supermarket and just bring hope and blessing to them. Phone someone up. Get involved in encouraging someone who's on the fringes right now, poor and marginalised. Maybe some of you need to step out and share your faith, what God has done for you. But he's calling you. Go. Go. I'm sending you. The Lord bless you. Thank you so, so much for listening in. If there's anything right now that you need to respond to, then just type in. We'd love to connect with you. But have a great week. Lord bless you.